Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm a comedian. In my 20s, I wasn't like in a company, and I don't know like how marketing, sales. Yeah, you're a brand. You're a company. Yeah, and like Jay Z says, I'm a businessman. Yeah, yeah. To that, remind me not to quote any hip hop lyrics again. That was just a big miss. <laughs> when you first said, it, "I'm like, yeah, he's a businessman." Yeah, I nailed it at the end. I pulled it together. It just took me a minute. The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. All right, it's BV Today, News Radio KKOB. Thanks for being with us on this Tuesday, this very hot Tuesday. <laughs> Make sure you stay hydrated. Just in time, it's a 7-Eleven day. You know, it happens every year at this time, July 11th. And 7-Eleven does this thing where they, they give you a free Slurpee if you go in. And I don't know, some years, I remember years ago, the people were complaining because it was only like uh, the size of a Dixie cup or so that you would get the Slurpee in. I think they've increased the size of, of this free Slurpee you get at 7-Eleven. But you can go there and and get a Slurpee, help you out from this heat today on 7-Eleven Day. Uh, also, if any speedways, too, they're also doing the Slurpee because 7-Eleven owns them. And they're in Texas, Louisiana, New Mexico, and Oklahoma. The, the Stripes stations, too. That's where you can get uh, a Slurpee. That, and that's our poll question today, too. As hot as it is, what do you prefer, a Slurpee or a slushy from Sonic. Although I found this out today, it's actually not a slushy. It's called just a slush and a Sonic slush. I always referred to them as slushies. But which one do you prefer? The the 7 Eleven Slurpee or the Sonic slushy? And you can go to uh, our Twitter at KKOB Radio and uh, let us know about that. We'll be updating that. On this hot Tuesday, here on News Radio KKOB, it was really nice of the po- folks from uh, 7-Eleven to come in with a whole bunch of Slurpees today, too. Wasn't that terrific? Oh, wait, that didn't happen. I was like, did I miss that? <laughs> that would have been nice if uh, 7-Eleven would have brought in the Slurpees. They did not, though. Maybe, maybe Sonic would like to bring in some Slushies. Today or tomorrow, you know, at any point here at the radio station, that'd be terrific, too. All right. So we planted that seed. We'll see what happens. Um, uh, and, and we'll start with this today and get your thoughts on it, because this is a very volatile issue. Uh, and that we're talking about the gender affirming care. And this is this was uh, encased in House Bill 7. This was the Reproductive and Gender Affirming Health Care Freedom Act which uh, protected access to abortion and transgender hormone treatments by preventing local governments from getting in the way. Okay. Now, most of us, when we think about local governments, you think about the city or county or even state level. There's also the school, which is uh, by definition with a school district, 
a form of government. It is a governmental institution. And that was not lost on the, the Democrats in the Roundhouse last year and how they worded the Reproductive Gender Affirming Health Care and Freedom Act. And still today, when I talk to people about this, or this comes up with uh, with folks, they're kind of surprised and shocked that this actually happened in the state of New Mexico, because it was a little bit under the radar with some of the other things that was, were going on at the time period. Uh, but we'll get into a little bit of uh, HB7 and the Republican response, because I often criticize, and I believe warranted, the Republican Party in the state of New Mexico. I think they are uh, very reactive. I think there is a vacuum in leadership at all levels with the Republican Party in the state of New Mexico. And I think that's one of the reasons why New Mexico has uh, at a more rapid, uh, more rapid rate gone down the road of uh, to the left instead of keeping it more moderate to where more New Mexicans are. And I think the Republican Party, because of ego and many other things, uh, have really let New Mexicans down. Uh, But I'm also quick to point out when they do something right. And this is one of the, the times where the Republican Party in the state of New Mexico got something right, because HB 7 just went into effect last month not even a month ago, passed, of course, in the roundhouse, and then it has to uh, get signed by the governor. That happened about a month ago. And we got school starting. In some places in New Mexico, school is starting in about two and a half weeks. About three weeks, uh, we'll have kids back in school. Don't look now, but that's, that's on its way. So the Republican Party in the state of New Mexico, in response to the Reproductive and Gender-Affirming Health Care Freedom Act has put together a parental notification form, okay? And this is pretty important, too, and I'm glad that the Republican Party actually did something for once instead of it just being reactive on uh, whatever uh, the Democrats in the state do. And what this, uh, what this is, it's a form that you can download and fill out. I'm going to put it up on uh, my social media. You can find it. Uh, there are some news stories to this, but let me tell you, they are disappearing because I I had some of these news stories earlier uh, today, and then I went to go back and, and take a look at them again, and it was very hard to find these stories on the uh, the media that did cover this, the television media that did cover this, in the city of Albuquerque, they did put the story up and then it's like it disappeared. I mean, oftentimes uh, stories will stay on the front page of those websites for days. But it was interesting how this one disappeared after just a couple of hours. It was still there, but I had to actually Google elements from the story to actually find it. So just uh, just be aware if you want to get one of these parental notification forms, um, yeah, you, you're going to have to uh, probably search for it. I'll give you the full website. I mean, it's nmhrcc.org is uh, where you can find it. I'll put it up on our social media. Uh, but really, this is a parental notification form, and there are 
five kind of measures here, and you don't have to check all five of them. Uh, but I'll just read a little bit of this for you. And we'll take your calls, 505-243-3333. Parents are responsible for making educational and health care decisions for their children until they reach the age of majority. A minor child cannot consent to his or her own educational decisions or medical treatment, regardless of what it says in HB7, which I think there's a conflict with the law, a direct conflict with the law. We'll get into that as well. But it also has on this form, you can check these boxes. Require prior notification before my child participates and or is given access to any health care services referral or or lessons or curriculum uh, concerning transgender ideology, gender affirming care or gender identity. Okay, so this is saying with that, that one is saying, I want notification if my child is participating in this sort of thing. Now, remember, it was about a year ago. Uh, I remember this was a, a big deal at APS, where APS was hiding the files for kids who uh, were in um, uh, counseling, the, the counselors, the APS counselors, and it was just happening with APS. They were, they were not letting the parents see those forms or that, uh, that material between counseling sessions with minor children and a government entity, which is a, a, a school district. Wouldn't let them have it. And it, there was a school board vote, and finally they relented on it. Again, that's something that's in direct uh, conflict with the law and just custom here in the U.S. to where, you know, we don't just turn over our children to the government and just let them decide. You know, we like to have a little bit of say in what's going on in our kids' lives. And you have seen big government Democrats here in the state of New Mexico take full advantage of this. And this is inside the schools. And there's th several other things, too. Also require notification before my child participates in any uh, lesson concerning abortion, before uh, any lesson concerning contraception and family planning. Also, this one requires prior notification before my child participates or is given any health care service referral for services or association concerning primary health care, because that is happening at schools in the state of New Mexico. There is health care going on, and we'll get into that coming up next as well. Uh, also, and this is the last one with this uh, notification, anything concerning mental or psychiatric care. Because what, what has happened here, and, and we know for a fact this was happening at APS, they were hiding information f that was requested by parents, too, and then they wouldn't turn it over. Information concerning their kid and things that had happened as far as health care goes and as far as counseling, as far as mental health goes. And they gave the, the reasoning, APS, Gave the reasoning of, well, you know, this is just uh, if the parents know, then this could make it more, uh, w this could make it worse for the kids themselves. What's worse for the kids? 
having their their bodies and their minds just turned over to a government institution without the parents even knowing about it. Or maybe, hey, if they want to get involved so much of APS in this instance, APS, because we know those stories, if any school district wants to get involved in this, you're, you're so hell bent on, on getting involved in, in the lives of these kids and their parents. Why don't you? Uh, serve as uh, uh, as kind of a meteor between the two. If there is issues between parents and kids, put those counseling degrees to work and try to help these families instead of shutting them down. All right, 505-243-3333, number to get in as score one for the Republicans here uh, because usually they just kind of sit on their hands and just react to what Democrats do in this state. But uh, a nice play here by the Republicans to put this parental notification form into the hands of parents and guardians so that there's a little bit of um, a skin in the game for these school districts. And the parents can say, nope, I don't want my kids uh, learning about transgender ideology or I really don't want my kid to be in a classroom where they're talking about contraception and family planning. Especially, uh, and we're talking about minor kids here, too. And this is happening from kindergarten all the way up to seniors in high schools. Don't kid yourself. This is definitely happening. All right, 505-243-3333, number to get in. And, of course, as soon as Republicans do something here with this notification form, you've got the ACLU weighing in. You won't believe what they had to say about this. Hey, it's BV Today, News Radio, KKOB. Thanks for being with us. All right, HB7, that's what's uh, on the board here now, law in the state of New Mexico. This legislation specifically restricts what public bodies, schools too, can do. That includes city councils, county commissions, school districts, public universities, any group receiving public funding that also includes people who work on behalf of public bodies like teachers, police officers. But one thing here too, the bill doesn't restrict parents. And that was the genius in uh, the GOP getting this notification form. And I'm getting a little bit of this on the text line here. So what if the school doesn't follow with the parents want, what's going to happen? Nothing. Well, at least this is one form of accountability. And with accountability, there also has to be follow-up. So I encourage every, even if you think that you are um, at a good school, quote-unquote, and they wouldn't do this sort of thing, I would encourage you to go ahead and put one of these on file. Um, Now, (laughs) the one thing is you'll probably end up on some sort of a list when you do that. But guess what? You were probably already on that list anyway, right? Um, I mean, even my and I, my kids go to a great school, and the, the people there are terrific. My wife works there. But guess what? I'm going to fill out one of these things, too, because you never know, right? So I encourage everybody to find this uh, notification form. Uh, you're going to have to dig for it because the media in this uh, city is not going to make it easy for you. I found that out today. Uh, to to get access to this thing, but find it and and put it on file when your kids uh, go to school. And you grandparents encourage uh, your your kids uh, to do this for your grandkids, or 
aunts and uncles, that, that sort of thing, uh, to go find it. It doesn't hurt anything. And, you know, maybe if something does happen, you at least have this notification as a backup. And I don't know, legal action may be sought if something does happen. At least it's something. You're not just standing there with your hands in your pocket like, I didn't even know what was going on in the school. I mean, there's no excuse for that anymore. You know, years ago, maybe there was, but not in this uh, age of technology where, I mean, there's schools, I mean, they put lesson plans up online. Uh, you see what your kids uh, make on certain tasks or all the tests and everything. There is absolutely no reason why parents should be in the dark anymore about what's going on uh, in inside the classroom. Um, all right. Now, here was one of the things, too, that that uh, that got me, and that was the ACLU. They, of course, had to jump in on this because they loved HB7, the uh, Reproductive and Gender Affirming Healthcare Freedom Act. And especially, I mean, of course, we're talking about minor children, too. I want to keep highlighting that because sometimes that gets lost in the narrative, too. We're not talking about adults here. Or in this case, we're talking about kids. Uh, Naomi Valdez, she's with the ACLU of New Mexico. She wrote in an email about this uh, parental notification letter. This attack. <laughs> she couldn't even get two words in. This attack plays politics with young lives and is another attempt to confuse New Mexican families. Stoke fear and stigmatize specific types of health care. Instead of censoring information, we should be encouraging young people to seek vital, safe, and trusted facts about their health and well-being. That's from the ACLU. They hate this. But why? Why, did they, why would they even care? I mean, they're not saying they can't do it. I mean, this is the law. HB7 is the law. They can do it. We're just saying parents have to know about it and parents can opt out of some of this curriculum and some of these uh, counseling sessions and some of this stuff, or at least know what's going on here. Why does the ask, start asking yourself these questions? Why is the ACLU? Why is the democratic leadership in this state? Uh, why, why do these school boards and some of these school districts, and APS has ran into this problem, too, although their school district is a little bit more moderate now than it used to be. Why do they want to keep parents in the dark about what's going on inside and even outside the classroom with their kids in the hours that they're not at home? Why do they want to keep parents shut out from what's happening with their kids? Okay. Think about that for a second, and, and I think you'll have your answer, and you'll know why the ACLU wants to shut this down, and even using the uh, the tired excuses, stoking fear. Here's here's Republicans stoking fear again, and stigmatizing health care. No, we're talking about abortion and and um, and transgender gender affirming health care. Not really, um, uh, it, it, we're not talking about scraping your knee and getting a Band-Aid for it at school. 
Uh, it's, it's a little bit different. All right, 505-243-3333, number to get in here on News Radio KKOB. But one of the things with HB7 that we heard from Democrats in the state was it was trying to prevent something. And they're still relying on that now, even in, in, in now, even though there's a parental notification form that will be distributed and parents will, will bring it to schools. I'll tell you what they were trying to prevent next. Today, News Radio KQOB, thanks for being with us. And uh, we're talking about HB7 and its effect and the, uh, the Republicans putting together their own parental notification form. And, of course, you know, some schools have their own, but this is why would it be a bad thing if parents also had something that they can bring and keep track of at school? Now, gender affirming care. We know what that is. Some of us don't, but it's basically um, uh, transition surgery and the puberty blockers that has been standard care for young patients now in this country. Also uh, with. um the reproductive part of House Bill 7. You know that there is currently, this is going to shock some people, currently there's no state law requiring parental consent for abortions, even for teens under 18. And HB 7 did nothing to address that whatsoever. Like, I didn't think you could go on a field trip to the zoo without a, a parental consent form. But in the state of New Mexico, you don't even have to have a consent form to have a major surgery, which would be an abortion, right? 505-243-3333, number to get it. One of the things, and uh, Louis Tarasas, uh, state representative out of Silver City, was on with Bob this morning. You can find that podcast up on our podcast page at newsradiokkob.com. But I pulled this from the interview, and I thought this was pretty interesting, where um, uh, uh, Tarasas says, talks about health care. And that's one of the statements you heard it in a news clip a little earlier today. Um, one of the, the things that APS, some of the school boards, APS, or some of the school districts, rather, have said, we don't provide health care. This isn't a health care thing. However, that's not how it's positioned. And Representative Tarasas wanted to be pretty clear. Here's him talking about school districts and health care earlier today on News Radio KQB. The APS said uh, in the news uh, last night that they don't provide any health care. Yet, if you pull up their website, it says APS school-based health care centers. And then it goes on to say that uh, our health clinics located near or uh, on or near school property will provide health care for any APS students. And then they go on to list all the, I believe, 14 schools. So in this is part of the confusion, Bob. They're saying one thing. On, on the news, yet if you open their website or if you talk to their children, they know that, they, that they're being provided some of these. Yeah, it sounds like to me they are being provided health care. If it's as plain as just going to their website, the APS website, and finding that, and then uh, them telling us 2 plus 2 equals 5 when this uh, parental notification news comes out, saying, oh, no, what are you talking about? There's no health care going on here. I guess they don't think that um, uh, we have access to their websites and access to our children to uh, ask them about it because they, they've been talking about it uh, for some time. All right, here's a little bit more of the story from KOAT as uh, you had Republicans here 
working in the minority and from a uh, from a position of weakness politically in this state, but they're doing what they can. And that is at least trying to get parents notified in case some of this stuff starts to happen with their kids in schools. Here's a little bit of the story from KOAT. House Republicans shared a new consent form they say will notify parents if the topic of gender identity comes up in school. The new laws that came into effect protect gender affirming care. Now, the sponsor of that new law says this does not affect school curriculums. This consent form put together by House Republicans aims to make sure parents are notified when a topic like gender identity and gender affirming care is talked about in the classroom. I love the fact that it breaks down every single category that is confusing right now. Every single category that I'm not sure what my kids are going to be exposed to or what they're going to be learning, what they're going to be hearing, what they're going to be led to at school. Over a newly passed law protecting gender affirming care and reproductive health, the sponsor says this law is meant to protect New Mexicans from getting the care they seek. This ensures that across New Mexico, no public body, no village, municipality, anything like that can restrict or prevent somebody or prohibit them or discriminate against them for getting either reproductive health care. When asked how it will be enforced, Representative Terraza says it's something he believes school districts will respect. I cannot imagine a person or school official that would willfully disregard a parent's request to be notified. I fully expect the schools and the districts to honor those parents who fill out the forms. In a phone call, APS Executive Director of Communication said APS does not provide gender-affirming care or teach classes involving abortion or gender identity. Well, you know, on some level, it's a solution in search of a problem that doesn't exist because if the schools aren't teaching that those issues and if the schools say we don't even get into that, then it's sort of a moot point and it's being made, uh, it's a political point that's being made by the Republicans. Now, are KOET legal experts, the way that this will be enforced or acknowledged does depend on each school district. Reporting live in Northeast Albuquerque, Stephanie Muniz, KOET Action 7 News. The APS communication director says if a parent does not want their student in lessons on any topic, they can ask for their child to be separated from the class for that lesson. Okay, I got to disagree with John Day, who you heard there on, in that piece from KOET, saying this is a solution in search of a problem. Now, that's a, that's a pretty naive look at, at what's going on in schools here in New Mexico, John Day. Um, we hear it a lot. I mean, I get, you know, parents emailing me and telling me about things that have happened in their school. I used to teach at APS. I've seen this happen. I've seen teachers uh, teach lessons and have curriculum on things like this that didn't need to be, kind of shoehorning their own political ideologies into things. It is happening. And just because there's a form here to help out parents know what's going on, it shouldn't be a big deal at all. Uh, one of the things too, and I wanted to point out this, um, and this happened with during the debate of House Bill 7. And we heard this from Representative uh, Linda Serrato of, uh, of Santa Fe. She called this legislation suicide prevention. That's what they were trying to prevent by this was, was suicide prevention. But really what you're preventing here with uh, legislation like this is driving an even deeper wedge between kids and their parents. Because regardless of what they tell you, 
kids want to talk to their parents. Now, they may not make the first move, and, and sometimes parents have to uh, get it out of them, and it may take a while to do it, but they do want to talk. They act like they don't, but they do want to talk. One of the other things, too, and uh, we got book club today, too. We got to get to that uh, coming up. But in House Bill 7, one of the provisions allows children under 18, minors, to talk to trusted trusted school personnel about abortion and other services like uh, gender reassignment without approval from their parents. Trusted. How many times have we seen trusted, and I'm using that in air quotes, trusted school personnel break that trust? You know, how many times have we seen school personnel get busted for, I don't know, pedophilia? Happens a lot. I mean, APS, I mean, that's been a uh, an issue with them over the years uh, with people that work at the school district or getting involved with students. I mean, how many times have school personnel broken that trust? And then all of a sudden now, because we have legislation on it, uh, we're supposed to uh, just take their word for it. You know, I, I'm not that trustworthy. 505-243-3333, number to get in. All right, we're in Chapter 5 of City at the Crossroads. So we'll uh, join Book Club coming up next here on News Radio KQB. All right, it's BB Today, News Radio KQB. Coming up next hour, more problems with CYFD and no accountability. I mean, it is um, kind of ridiculous. It, uh, like, I don't exaggerate when I say nearly every day something with CYFD comes out which is horrible, and nobody is being held accountable for it. And that's unfortunately, that's happened again. And we'll talk about that after two here on News Radio KQB. But first, uh, we've been doing this all year, and, and every, I'm sure the sales have increased for the, uh, the, the book, City at the Crossroads. It's our book club, and we're into Chapter 5. So let's get started here. Get your books out, everybody. The year is 2020. In Albuquerque, the deadly COVID pandemic began. And as racial strife was taking hold in our city, Albuquerque was looking for a hero. And the man who stepped up in the face of these obstacles was Tim Keller. Now, for the first time in his own words and through firsthand accounts, we can relive how Tim Keller was able to put the Duke City on his back and single-handedly carry us through the darkest times ever recorded. Written by an eyewitness to these astounding feats, journalist Jolene Gutierrez-Kruger, who is paid $40,000 by the City of Albuquerque Foundation, pens the opus everyone has been waiting for. City at the Crossroads, the pandemic, protests, and public service in Albuquerque. Now, it's time for Tuesday with Timmy. All right, here we go. Chapter 5 now, City at the Crossroads. Nearly every day in March of 2020, following the following brought more closures, more emergencies, and more health orders. On the same day that Trump declared a national emergency, Governor Lujan Grisham, notice how Gutierrez-Kruger just says Trump, and then she gave the title to Lujan Grisham. 
That's what $40,000 will get you from the Albuquerque uh, City Foundation, whatever the heck that is. Announced that New Mexico's K-12 through public schools would close for three weeks, effective March 16th. Remember that? Mayor Keller announced the closures of Albuquerque public libraries. Oh my gosh, where would the homeless people take a bath? Pools, indoor exhibits, and restaurants at the Biopark. The Albuquerque Museum, Explora, the International Balloon Museum. The City of Albuquerque Community Center's discontinued events like bingo and exercise classes. But they were still open for meal services for seniors and children and certain kids' activities that required pre-registration. So that sort of in-person stuff was okay. But not bingo. City parks remained open. Thanks. It's uh, outside. But gatherings of 100 or more would not be allowed under the state's emergency health orders. The bottom line is, stay home if you can, Keller said in a statement March 13th. We know that not everyone has that choice or ability, and we're making sure seniors and kids get the meals they need. And our first responders are out on the front lines keeping people safe. We are mobilized for the coronavirus response, end quote. Across city government, office workers, including many at City Hall, said goodbye to their colleagues, unsure whether they, they would ever see each other again in the flesh. Oh, my gosh. How macabre. They changed their voicemail messages to alert callers that they will be working from home for the foreseeable futures. Calendars remained on the same date, frozen in time. $40,000, everybody. More closures came. Restaurants, bars, breweries, eateries, and other food establishments were given one last weekend to conduct business as usual per the order under the new state of new mexico department of health emergency order those same businesses had to begin operating at 50 percent capacity beginning march 16th more than six people could no longer sit at a single table so if your family was larger than six remember this some of them had to go to another table and sit even though you may have all came in the same vehicle and all live in the same house. That was the craziness that was going on with COVID. All right. We'll have to uh, put a stop to it there as uh, we're continuing on in Chapter 5 of City at the Crossroads. Uh, also, we'll update our uh, poll results. What's greater, the 7-Eleven Slurpee or the Sonic Slush? We'll have that for you next on News Radio Kids Go. Uh, we got this whole thing going. I'll, I'll give you more details on it uh, tomorrow, but it's going to be fun. And we're going to we're going to exercise some of our uh, civic rights. We're going to try to rename the Al Hurricane Pavilion. Uh, also, it's uh, 7-Eleven. So that means it's slushy or slurpy day. Sonic should it should actually do something too. jump in on this as well. So that's our poll question. What is greater, the 7-Eleven Slurpee or the Sonic Slushy? I don't really do either one of those anymore, but I was always a slushy guy uh, from Sonic. So you I, can weigh in on that. I prefer the Sonic, too. Just Sonic drinks in yeah. general. Their happy hour drinks were awesome. I tell you this, my kids like the slushies. We go to Sonic, and they have to get... The, 
they put nerds in uh, yep. the slushies now. Yep, that's that's been no, they that's been around. Oh really? Yeah. Well, I mean, I know now, like my kids, if I just order them a slushie with no nerds on it, I, they just as soon just dump it out on the pavement. That's so. You cool. know, they have to have the they have to have the nerds candy inside it, or it, it just it just no no good at all. All right, so we'll give you some more details on what's going to be happening tomorrow at the Al Hurricane Pavilion. Also, CYFD, big trouble for them. And we'll talk about that next. Coming up, you're on 96.3 News Radio, KKOB. Hey, everybody. This is Dan Bespris, host of Fantasy NBA Today, a daily fantasy basketball podcast. We cover every box score from every game every day. Plus bonus shows on buy low opportunities, players to stash, schedule analysis, and really anything you could need to smash your league into deliciously tiny pieces. Catch the Fantasy NBA Today podcast, part of the Believe Network, on YouTube or wherever you listen. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? <laughs> <laughs> in 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What Women Binge, wherever you listen.